Welcome to From Fear to Fire, secrets to overcome fear, embrace your gifts, and achieve success. This is the place where real people share real challenges, where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am Heather Hansen O'Neill, and I am your host as always. And today's quote is by Michael Gungor. Burnout is what happens when you try to avoid being human for too long. Yes, that is our topic today, and we have an amazing guest for you. Anne Berube is a PhD and a spiritual teacher with an uncommon ability to share her story and insights in a way that awakens the inner wisdom in others. She helps people free themselves from the societal and parental conditioning that is holding them back from realizing the highest calling of their soul. Oh, you know, this is right up my alley. Her work has always allowed her to share the stage with renowned self-help luminaries, including best-selling authors Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra, Elizabeth Gilbert. Uh, the list goes on and on. We have so many things that we can share with you about Anne, but I prefer to have her do it. So Anne, how are you today? I'm so good, Heather. So good to be here with you. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you. And I know our audience will be as well. The topic is amazing. Is there anything, I know you have so much more to your bio. I did a short one, but is there anything else that you would like to share with folks before we dive into some questions? Oh, no, no. This is, uh, this is really good. This is good. I um. I had a near-death experience when I was 23 years old. I was in a terrible car accident. And, um, you know, a lot of people who have, you know, who hit the wall or have, um, you know, big uh, events that happen in their lives, um, it, it completely changes the course of your mm -hmm. life. It, it redirects your you know, your purpose and, and, and where you're going. So that was a really big shift for me. I was, I was quite young, but I, I guess I wasn't really meant to live off the path for very long. <laughs> oh, I can only, I can only imagine. I've talked to other guests who've gone through, um, the amazing experience like that and it does it's it's life transforming is that what is in come home to your soul decoding the wisdom of your inner world mm -hmm, absolutely yes yes I I share um I share this story and the the journey that happened after uh, the car accident and how I learned to use my body as my friend as a biological uh, processor of energy and information and, 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 and really learn how to be a vessel for light as opposed to just living more, more in our heads and more, more in our intellect and managing and controlling our lives as opposed to inviting and allowing uh, spirit and light to move through us. Mm, what a what a gift. And I, I know that I want to talk about um, some of the things that I alluded to having to do with burnout and all of that stuff. But before I do, I really just want to know what is there. I know it probably is a very long story, but do you have an, um, <laughs> a, the major lesson that came um, that that you could share with others that they might be able to take away from what you learned after that accident at 23? Absolutely. So when I, when I was in the car and um, it was a half ton truck that kind of hit our car oh. and um, 
and you know my so my liver was lacerated my lungs were partially, partially collapsed and I was unconscious and I saw in front of my mind's eyes a vision like a movie it was my life it was the one I came here to live not the one I was living but the one I came here to live and it felt so real more real than anything I'd ever experienced but it really was the love that I felt in that moment this interconnection with everything around me um, this this divine love that had no opposite and I, I I can still feel it in my heart when I go back to that moment it was um it, it, it was that was really the part that was life changing for me because it felt more real than anything else I'd ever experienced. And also it was a love that was not really taught or modeled to me as I was growing up, this this kind of unconditional love. And so I promised myself when I woke up the next day in the hospital, I promised myself I would change my ways and I would find a way to merge these, you know, my life in this life that I saw. And, you know, the, the life that I saw, I could see like, you know, my husband, my children, I could see what I, I was teaching, I, all the people I loved, the, the people who loved me, like it was so vivid and so clear. And so it took me about five years to come to a place where um, I understood how I could do that. Mm. And um, so five years after the accident, my son is one year old and I've been living with sinus pain for about three years. And um, it's constant. So it's every day. And so if some of your listeners, you know, are uh, familiar with chronic pain, and it is it, it takes your joy away, it takes your joie de vivre. <laughs> and, um, and then there's just nothing that I could do. I changed my diet, I got x rays, I saw all kinds of specialists, and, um, and there was nothing that they could do. And so my mother-in-law invited me to take this course. It was called Women in Leadership. Mm-hmm. And it was in that course, and I talk about this in the book, and it was in that course that um, I came home to my body. I um, was invited through breath and attention to really um, return to a place below my neck, right? Like I was so used to living in my head as an academic that I didn't know that this beautiful body had um, the capacity to process energy and information at such speed to release and let go and surrender so much baggage and pressure. Um, and so in, in that, that course, that day, I learned how, how I could live that life. And it, it, it really uh, was about using my body as an instrument um, for, for, the, for, for, for the movement of light and the soul, right? Which is who we really truly are. It's amazing. There's so many things that um, that I want to dive deeper into. And I know like 30 minutes, we could probably spend quite a bit of time here, but <laughs> um, two in particular, as you were describing how you felt um, at the time of the accident, it literally is so, so similar to an interview that I did with Dr. Eben Alexander, the, in particular, this feeling of unconditional love and deep connection. And it's just, it, it, it's giving me goosebumps because it, you know, the, the more the wording of it, it's just, it's so powerful because there's such truth in it. That's the first thing I wanted to point out. And the, and the other one is, 
you know, coming home to your body, I have always been someone who believes very firmly It's probably because of my dance background that the body heals the mind and the mind heals the body. And it's very cyclical, right? But you can't stay in, in one or, or the other too long without keeping that, that cycle, that flow in, in mind. And in particular, being able to use the body because it has so much more, um, so much more power and, and uh, truth than than we're aware of. So I love that you speak to that and it, you know, carrying that light through. Mm. Yeah, you you talk about uh, you know as human beings we're hardwired for service, but that sometimes being of service to others can make us feel unwell. Now I think I understand where you're going with this, but I'd really love for you to explain that a little bit more detail for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So this, um, this book called The Burnout Antidote, which is coming out April 8th, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is it is a spiritual guide to empowerment. And it is for mostly for empaths and highly sensitive people and overgivers. Mm -hmm. And so what happened to me is like I realized as a, as a spiritual coach and a spiritual teacher that my desire to serve was coming from a place that was burning me out. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people who are on this path as guides and, and helpers and teachers um, often um, were born into families that didn't necessarily understand them, (laughs) didn't necessarily um, (laughs) saw them for who they really were, but also um, uh, they they developed this um, relationship with other people where their needs weren't uh, important. And so they would give everything they have away to please or to be needed by the people around them so that they could be loved or so that they could be uh, seen and acknowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then we grew up as adults and we, we become um, martyrs almost. We, we know we are here to, to, to make the world a better place and to be there for other people, but we, we will do it to the detriment of our own health and our own um, emotional well-being and, and, and often spiritual well-being as well. So what I talk about in the book is how this, um, the burnout often comes from this relationship we have with love, how it was modeled to us as children, mm-hmm. and then how we give it to ourselves and to others as adults. And so we really go through this process of, of reclaiming our core essence as the, um, the light that shines forth when we serve as opposed to serving from a place of people need me and I need to please we serve from a place ah this is who I am and I am standing in reverence for the light inside me and the light inside the person in front of me so it's a very different position to serve from and then when we do that burnout is just not part of the equation anymore because our cup is always full Oh, I can't even tell you how much I wish we had had a conversation like 20 years ago. <laughs> but I, I definitely have spent um, many, many years trying to combat that because I am obviously someone who comes from this place of service. But mm-hmm. that connection that you're talking about, about it being from a, a need base and finding, searching for love 
through it and, you know, all of that. But then when you combine it and go back to what you were talking about, about this unconditional love and, and connectedness, it, it's so contrary because we already have all the love that we that we could possibly need. And when you <laughs> realize that, then the resentment is gone. And you're just coming from, I love how you use light in the way that you describe it. It's mm. fantastic. Mm. So, so that, that movement from resentment into this, this burnout, how can we switch that? How can we use that love in to create um, a place that, that we can have this unlimited energy? So the first step is really to stop and take space for yourself, take time and space for yourself. And that's easier said than done. Yes. <laughs> because as soon as we decide, okay, I'm going to love myself enough to take this space so I can kind of take a step back and look and see, okay, what is really going on here? Like, why am I doing this? And it's hurting me or it's depleting me. Mm -hmm. um, when we do that, we, we are hit by a lot of resistance, uh, resistance from the people around us that maybe count on us. And then resistance from inside of us where we're like, oh, well, this is selfish. This is, mm -hmm. this is not, this is not what a good leader does. This is not what a good parent does. This is not what a good friend does. This, you know, there's a list. And I do talk about this in the book, like this list mm -hmm. of objection that will pop up pretty quickly, you know, in our awareness, once we decide, okay, I matter and I matter. And then I'm going to take some time. But when we can move through those resistance, we go into a healing process of really meeting that meeting that wound, mm. the wound of the little child that, you know, we've kind of pushed away that little girl or that little boy inside of us that was in kind of intact before we were needed by other people. Mm. So kind of the, the central point of the book is who were you before you were needed? What is your identity? beyond people needing you and people you know um ask taking from you <laughs> and and that is a big question and I share a lot of stories around how I had to go through that as a spiritual coach um and 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 finding that that core essence of oh wow okay this is who I am even if what if nobody needs me anymore what if tomorrow you know we don't need any of this because everybody's found themselves <laughs> in their home. Um, who am I, you know? And so it's, I think it's really important for people in, you know, who are in service to really ask themselves that question so that the, the ground of the reason why they serve comes from a deeper place inside themselves. And then after that, you know, the, the next step after that is, is to really embrace and accept that love from that, that core essence within ourselves and then go out into the world and share from that place. Oh, I mean, what a beautiful foundation. And some of the phrases that you use are so powerful, like wound of the inner child. And, and that question, who were you before you were needed? Oh, <laughs> that one hit me. Now, you mentioned that you had to learn this lesson through your own personal stories. Do you have one that you'd like to share with us? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I had been, so I, I used to be a professor um, and that was burning me out for the reason that it just wasn't my environment. It wasn't my, it wasn't where I was meant to be. 
And so I'd left that career and to become um, a spiritual coach. And I also produced live events with other spiritual teachers. And I was really enjoying my career until, you know, you know, I'd say like about seven years ago, um, I was burning out. And I had this limiting belief inside me that when you find your path, you don't burn out. <laughs> when you finally find what you're meant to do, you have unlimited energy. And I think it's a little bit of spiritual bypassing there is that, you know, that's not 100% true. Um, you know, you still need to do the work <laughs> to look at yourself. And so there was a pivotal moment where I was in my home office and, you know, I, my husband came over and he said, are you okay? Cause I was huffing and puffing. And he said, are you okay? I said, well, I think I need to refer this client to someone who still likes people. I was, <laughs> I was, I was so I'm embarrassed to say that, but I was so I was overwhelmed and I was like, he was like, okay, you need a break. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then that's when I realized, okay, I really need to step back. I need to stop for a few months so that I could, because there's, there was still in me this great desire to do this work. And I didn't understand why I was becoming agitated and disenchanted and um, the, the enthusiasm wasn't there anymore. Mm. Yeah. And then you took the time off and you came back to it from a, a place where you had more to, to offer because you had that foundation, right? Exactly. So when I asked myself that question, who was I before people needed me? There was a, almost like a darkness as an answer inside me. Like it felt like I didn't know. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was standing at the edge of a cliff and and so, and, and so I talked, this is the process. I talked to this little girl, like, who were you? Like, who are you? And she just didn't want to talk to me. Like she, it's almost like after, you know, 40 years of ignoring, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, they need the, our inner child needs to, um, we need to gain their trust. Mm -hmm. And so every day I would talk to her, say, hi, I see you. I'm so sorry. You're sad. Like, you know, and then talk to the, and I talk about this in the book quite a bit is I talk to the sensation inside my body of the emotion, like it's a little child. Mm -hmm. And so, hi, beautiful. I love you. I'm so sorry. You're sad. How can I help you? And it took about three months uh, for those three months, you know, um, my husband would have said like, yeah, I was depressed. You know, I was down, I was really low. And, and I really, I just, I didn't want to betray myself anymore. I didn't want to speed up the process and not be there for her. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, and then one morning I asked a question again and after a few months and she, it was different. There was like excitement. There was a stirring. So the patience is really important. Mm -hmm. The tenderness that maybe we never receive is really important towards ourselves. And the trust that if you stay with it, it will reveal itself to you all in perfect time. Mm. And what I realized is that instead, and I talk about this in the book where the difference between embodied empathy and disembodied empathy and so this disembodied empathy is I come out of myself and I'm in your problems and there's a emotional contagion that happens. And I'm not 
um, listening from within myself. I'm really kind of with your, with your problems. The embodied empathy is completely different because I am stand, I'm not in, in your issues. I am actually just holding space for you. I understand that what you're going through, but instead of emotional contagions, there's deep reverence for the light that moves through you. And so I stand in reverence for um, the person in front of me for the light and the more that they can be as opposed to um, the emotional contagion. And that's something I think that everybody can get to um, from a deep reverence for themselves first. So if there's a deep reverence for your own heart, your own light, then you can stand in reverence for someone else. Oh, you know, this is fantastic. Uh, as, as an empath, and I had not heard that distinction between disembodied and embodied empathy, it just, something just clicked for me, because I think that when I come from that disembodied place, that's where the pain, I take on the pain, but the embodied place, um, it, it, yeah, I can imagine that would be so much more helpful for me and them to just have that lightness and that um, that care for them without giving into their pain of it. Exactly. Oh, exactly. that's fantastic. Now, I want to ask you about boundaries because I think that this would be really helpful for any listener out there on how to establish, I would imagine that it's really important that we establish some, some boundaries for us. (laughs) I'm just thinking, so do you have some suggestions for people? Yes. And so, you know, boundaries are rules and limitations that we put on relationships in our lives. And it's a choice that we have, like how much percentage of my time do I want to give to this person Mm -hmm. and, and my attention. And so when, you know, a lot of us who maybe, you know, are empaths and highly sensitive people and who grew up in environments where we had to detach from our sensitivity to, to, to belong and Mm -hmm. to survive, maybe even the environments, um, a lot of us develop porous boundaries where we, um, we allow people to come into our energies and um, we don't know where to draw the line in the sand. Mm-hmm. And that takes some time, but it takes first a willingness to love yourself more than everyone else around you. And for a, someone in service, this is very, feels very selfish. But it is, it is, you know, how useful will you be if you are unwell, sick, or maybe even die, right? And, and that is kind of what, you know, a lot of uh, different, even like some religious um, movement have shown is that it's okay to, to be a martyr, but it is not the way of the light anymore. It is not what we're meant to do. We are meant to be fully empowered by our service, fully um fulfilled by our service imagine that if we were fulfilled by our service as opposed to um giving because we 
you know, people need us. It's very different energy to that, those two statements. Oh, definitely. It's very empowering <laughs> when you say it like that. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so, so the, so a bound, a boundary I find, you know, um, comes from first is saying I matter, like, and my needs matter and they have to come first. And so, um, you know, finding those relationships that actually perhaps the people don't have your best interest at heart. And that can be a parent, it could be a friend, it could be, um, you know, a colleague or an employer, someone who, if you really take a step back and look like this person does not have my best interest at heart, this person um, does not respect my boundaries, or this person doesn't um, uh, desire for me to grow, Mm -hmm. um and so so the you know and I talk about this in the book is there's a category of um psychology called cluster b and it's um a category of people there's about 9.1 percent of the population that are in that category and it includes narcissism and personality disorder and it's just it's just not possible to be able to hold a boundary with a person like that. So you have to remove yourself. The boundary is actually taking a long break from a person like that. So identifying the person in your lives that take energy from you, you have to take time away mm -hmm. so that you can build this capacity to set up boundaries. And then when you go back, maybe you know, being around them, you are strong. And that's really important if boundaries have been porous um, for you through most of your life, which were for me. And this is why I write the book, right? <laughs> because oh, yeah. that was my story. Because <laughs> you're not alone. So I'm glad you did. <laughs> you, know, you know, as I'm thinking about it, when you're, when you're speaking, I'm, and, and, you know, we're not so attached to this burnout anymore, meaning as a culture, we understand that this is really hurting people. And so um, is leadership different with the, with the knowledge now that we don't have to get to this place of burnout, what, does it look different now? Absolutely, because a person, an embodied leader models through her action, what it looks like to love her light first. Mm -hmm. So that changes everything. So the person is not preaching. The person is not necessarily a thought leader, but more of a thought stimulator or a light stimulator, right? So it's not about a hierarchy and saying, okay, here I am, I'm on a pedestal and you should take my word for it. The, an embodied leader is, I am modeling through my actions and my, the quality of my presence when I'm with other people. Um, what it looks like when I honor my light moment to moment and, and therefore I can't not honor yours because I'm in my light. Mm. That is really important. And you know what? I, I am a huge fan of giving something to our listeners that they can use right away. So if they are feeling that they're either in burnout or getting close to burnout, do they have to take, and, and, you know, maybe they, they can't take um, months away from their job or their family or whatever. Are there some tips that they can use uh, right away? 
Absolutely. And in the book, I talk about um, in the first in the second chapter, which is the first step to burnout is even breath is a retreat. Mm. <laughs> and we hear that a lot. <laughs> we hear that a lot that how important taking deep, exaggerated, and a conscious breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. So it's important not to breathe in through the mouth because it will send a panic signal to your body. Mm-hmm. You want to really breathe into the to the nose and then you want to go get that in breath from deep inside your belly. So it's like a full body in breath. And when you breathe out, you drop your jaw and you can make the sound Mm-hmm. constricting the throat a little bit it massages the vagus nerve and it tells the body i am safe and something new can happen really three minutes of breathing like this when you're still laying in bed when you are aware that you are awake mm-hmm. um, is a mini retreat it will kind of shift the the energy and it will say ha she she's serious about putting herself first this is this is important this is really important. And so um, that would be one of the things that I would recommend um, to do if time is of the essence for you, <laughs> if time is, is difficult to, to find. That is a great one because, you know, and, and the specificity of it, like, you know, you have to breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth, how you, how you, yeah. your jaw is, the sounds that you're making, why you're doing it, I think is, is very helpful for people to understand because, you know, people talk about breathing all the time, but if we're doing it wrong, <laughs> yes, you want to make sure you're doing it right. So you're getting the full benefit of your, of your deep breathing. That's wonderful. Thank you. And and. I knew that this would happen, but we're, we're flying by. So I want to give you the opportunity to share with our listeners if they are fascinated by what you're talking about and they need help um, when it comes to this burnout, can you share how they can get a hold of you or how they can get burnout antidote or anything else that you'd like them to know? Absolutely. Um, so on my website, anneberube.com, so A-N-N-E-B-E-R-U-B-E.com, you can find a link to pre-order the book, The Burnout Antidote. Mm-hmm. It's coming out April 8th. Um, you'll also find on that first homepage of my website a free uh, self-assessment quiz, um, and it's it's the burnout blind spot. And it it because burnout is so related to self-love, this quiz kind of helps you find your um, your blind spots, and then it gives you at the end a self-love love roadmap. Mm-hmm. And it's completely free, but it kind of opens up the conversation around okay, what is my relationship to love? And what can I do to kind of deepen that now so that I can move away from burnout? Mm, I love that. And we'll put, for those of you who are listening right now, we'll put a direct link to that into the show notes with more information about Anne. Thank you, Anne. Now, I, I would love for you to share that that one thing, that final words of wisdom or burning nugget or something that you want to make sure that you leave people with? Uh, I usually, I want to say to people that 
um, it's really important to trust yourself. Mm -hmm. There's so much information out there. There's so much noise and distraction. But when you sink into your heart and you even sink maybe deeper into your belly and you breathe deeply, you know what you need. You know what you want. You know what this very, maybe it's a very small next step. And just believe yourself. Trust yourself and believe when your body talks to you. We defer so much to other people's opinion and advice out there. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, you, you are the one that knows what's best for you. So trust yourself. That is excellent advice, as I anticipated, and you've been amazing. I could chat with you all day long. Those of you who are listening, if you are enjoying the show and you want to learn more about Anne, um, visit her at the website. We'll put the link into the show notes and share this with a friend that you think might be experiencing burnout right now. They may be able to benefit from her words here or her book as well. Thank you again, Anne. I appreciate you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.